It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome back to Peak to Pit. Um, for the first time in however many episodes we've done, you have to hear my voice first instead of Allie's, but I am TJ Pittenger alongside Allie Peak, and we are back for another week in a row. More college football news dropping. Allie, how are you doing today? I am doing really well, and I'm super pumped. We have all this college football stuff to talk about, and I'm kind of glad that we're starting 10 minutes later than we planned, per usual, because we actually have way more information than we did 10 minutes ago. Seems like every week we shoot for a time and then like half an hour before that I say I'm ready and you say, okay, let's go. And then ends up, we end up starting late because hashtag life. We, uh, we start talking and should have just hit record, you know, 10 minutes ago, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of news, um, some, some kind of breaking ish news. Um, but before we get to that, we'll, we'll get started. Uh, we partied this weekend. We partied really, really hard, uh, together. Um, parent life partying is, is different, but, um, we hung out and our kids played together. Uh, Kara was telling me that as soon as the girls walked in, Hayden walked over and just picked up Elena and just loved on her. And she's like, I love how much Allie's girls love Elena. Like it's so sweet. Um, so we had a good time celebrating, Elena's birthday. We've been pushing her. It's rained every day in in Tampa since the party. So not just rained, like monsooned. Monsoon. So even when it stopped raining, like it's super wet outside and nasty, and you know, like there's puddles on the sidewalks and stuff. So we've been pushing her around the house with the scooter, and she loves that. She's starting to kind of like pick up how to do it a little bit. So we got ours when we were two and they, they picked it up right away. And I, I swear, I think that that helps with coordination down the line. And I used to let ours do it in the kitchen and probably about six months ago, Eric's like, don't you think they're too big to let them do this in the house now? So we had to kind of cut back because dad was the fun sponge on that, but I fully support <laughs> scooting in the house. Yeah. So have enjoyed that. Um, you know, Allie, 
I'm, I'm Allie's trying to break her kids of all the bad habits that they picked up from me after really just like three <laughs> Wait, or four hours. I have hours. to tell everyone my favorite one. So TJ's child is too young to pick up on some of his jokes, which is why he still makes them. Um, but he offers my children who just turned six at the birthday party. Hey, do you guys want a cigarette? So I heard it. I didn't see the girls acknowledge it. So I didn't acknowledge it to them either. They... Um, most of the time they call cigarettes smokers and anytime they see anybody with one in their mouth, they promptly tell them that you're going to die, um, on a very regular basis. So the other day they are opening their birthday cards from TJ and Kara. And I was like, oh my gosh, can you believe that Mr. TJ gave you that money? And Hayden goes, yeah. Can you believe that Mr. TJ offered Hadley and I a cigarette? <laughs> Um, I was like, oh my gosh, he was kidding. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. But even with the um, right like inflection, yeah, can you believe? Can you believe? Like totally understood. What okay, so a crappy parent that guy is. Yeah, he's horrible. We feel so bad for Elena and Bryant. Um, I don't smoke. Um, I don't judge. Well, yeah, I do. Yeah. If you smoke, you should stop. So yeah. I, I don't smoke. Um, and so I, I teach my children that they're going to die yeah. if they smoke cigarettes. Uh, I, I hit a cigar every, uh, every once in a while, but, um, but yeah, so I, I don't smoke and, and, and wouldn't normally give six year old cigarettes. Um, <laughs> but if, if Hayden or Hadley would have accepted my offer, I would have driven to the store and, and grabbed them some, um, so, yeah, again, I've, <laughs> my two-year-old doesn't pick up on my jokes yet, so that's why I can still kind of make them. But, yeah, when, when she's three or four, I probably will have to stop. But um, And I'll opt out of those jokes. Speaking of opting out, um, but, um, you're, you're, uh, your reigning national champion – LSU Tigers have had a couple of opt-outs um, this week. Most notably, Jamar Chase um, will not be playing. A couple of pretty prolific defensive players as well. Um, thoughts on, you know, one of the premier teams in the conference and some of their premier players opting out for this season? So I think I saw that 16 of 22 starters are gone for one re- reason or another. Um, and then it's insane. I want to say like more than 30 of the two deep is gone. Like it's a, it's a really large amount, but I honestly think this is an interesting opportunity for LSU one LSU. We're going to see what kind of coach coach O is first and foremost. So that'll be interesting to see, I think from my perspective anyway, but LSU has been killing it with recruiting. This is going to be a really interesting opportunity for them to play a lot of freshmen way earlier than they ever would freshmen that are going to get to retain their eligibility. So I think that although I don't think LSU is going to be in a running for the national title this year, I actually think the season is going to be more beneficial for them than almost anybody else. I, I mean, I guess, except for the team that wins the national title, um, because of how it's going to help them for the future. There's not another team in the country that's going to play as many young people as LSU is going to have to, but all those guys get that eligibility. So they're going to get to play young guys with experience next year. And that's going to be really helpful. Yeah. The, the one thing, the double-edged sword of that, or the you know potential um, downside is if the, 
if you know it, it they still have their eligibility to get to the NFL. So if they do end up sure. becoming super elite, they can they can still kind of leave early. But for your depth guys, for your role players, for just whomever, your guys that aren't necessarily going to the NFL, um yeah, it's massive for them, you know. If you, you know, if you got a bunch of older guys, it's just not gonna, it's just not gonna hit the same. So they, uh, I mean, it'll definitely um, benefit them. But I, I don't know. I we've talked about this, and I think I tweeted a little bit about this. Um, LSU is, you know, I don't know when was the what was the last just massive drop off you remember from a team winning a national title to the next season. And I'm trying to think of them now. Like, I don't even really remember one, you know, Florida you know, mean, last few years, all the teams that have won the last few years were good the next year. Right. Um, so I, I, but I think this is going to be one that's just drastic, you know, I mean, I'm thinking back even to, so I'm trying to get back. Like I'm, I keep going backwards and backwards and backwards. I mean, Florida won and was good. Florida won and was good. LSU won it was good. Alabama won it was good. You know, Clemson won it was good. Florida State won it was good the next year. So like Ohio State won it was good the next year. Um, USC won it was good the next year. Texas, well, what did Texas do? I mean, the next Florida year? went eight and five, which is the year after they won the national title. And so when they won it in 08, that's a pretty big. So they that's went a eight big. and five the next year. That was. Uh, I that's mean, a pretty drastic drop off, and especially in a in a season. Yeah, and Florida I think went eight. Florida went eight and five that next year. And played, you know, some cupcakes. I mean, there are no. I mean, they were four and four in the SEC, and Urban Meyer was their head coach. So, I mean, that's a pretty terrible. There are are, um, definite cupcakes that that Florida played that year because you play out of conference. Florida State was one of them. They were terrible back then, and then you're obviously your your FCS schools or you're just low level. FBS schools that you're playing, Um, and there aren't those for LSU. Like every week is the SEC, so. Right. Well, that's going to be interesting about this season for everybody is that they're really uh, in this conference. Anyway, there are no off weeks per se. And I think everybody probably feels that way about their own conference because there is, you know, rivalries within your own conference. So even if from the outside looking in, we don't see it, those teams feel it. Yeah. Except for Clemson who has 11 off weeks. Um, I think that, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see, but I think there's a, so I put this out the other day. I think that until proven otherwise, like you, you got Alabama as your, you know, best team in the conference. I think it there's a there's a little bit of a gap there, and then Georgia. I think right behind them is Florida. I think right behind them, a little bit more of a gap is is Auburn, and then I think there's a, a decent gap uh, down to uh, LSU and Texas A and M. I. I don't know, you know that I put Jimbo. Texas A&M and LSU in the same class just with the number of people that LSU lost, but I mean, I see where you're going with that. You think LSU is below or above? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Jimbo having not watched them I, at I all this, this season, I would say below, just given what each team to, lost. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, LSU definitely lost a lot, but they had a lot more that they could lose. LSU Correct. probably is still but, more talented. I mean, they were more talented than anybody in the country, though. So you could make that statement about LSU versus anybody, right? But but they and also, Texas A&M. Think about like I understand that Texas A&M, A&M didn't finish with it. a great record, but they also have Alabama, L- LSU, and Auburn in their own side of the division. And they still have that though. Like they're well, still yes. going to, and they get to play Florida this year, the best team in the other division. So, uh, or you know, one of one the of, best teams yeah. in the other in the other division. So until Jimbo shows me that he can get through a season without five losses. 
I have a, but I, I think that that's just kind of the groupings, right? Like I don't really care if you put LSU or A&M there, but you know, there, I just think there's going to be a massive drop off with them this year. I still think they'll play competitively. Like I, you know, I mean, Florida should beat them this year. Um, Alabama will beat them this year. Auburn should beat them this year. Um, I think the A&M game's a, a coin flip one way or the other. But, you know, LSU's going to be competitive, I would say, in probably every game but the Alabama game. I, I don't expect Florida to just come out and beat LSU by 21 or, or A&M to do that or, or anybody. I would not I don't be know. shocked I like Alabama. odds against LSU kind of big this year. I think Florida wins. It would shock me if they beat them by more than 14. Like if that's a three-score game, I, I don't know. I'd – um, I, and that's in the preseason, right? Like it, it, we may get three weeks into the year and I say, oh my gosh, Florida's going to kill this team. Right. Um, right. You know, typically those, typically your big rivalries, you don't see the massive blowouts. Yeah. Um, because of, because of the sheer athletes that are on the field, right? Like people right. are just going to make, which is play. why I think this year may be a little bit different, but I, I mean, I think that Florida, so Florida gets LSU about what the midway point, maybe a little bit earlier than the midway point of the season. Right. Would you it's say o- that what game is it's five, right? Well, it's October 10th. So they start on the okay, so, what, 24th. So, so four the fourth weeks game in. of the season. Okay. So I'd honestly, I'd rather get a team that's going to be starting a whole bunch of freshmen game four than game nine. Because I also think there's a chance LSU looks very different by week nine than they do in the beginning. Yeah, for sure. We're talking about guys uh, that will have not have seen the field. I mean, they're essentially their entire too deep for the most part is completely gone. So the guys that are going to be playing are not guys that got any time against a team like Florida or a team like Alabama. And Florida has a couple if they, of if this I isn't think, their first year in college anyway. Yeah, I think LSU is kind of fortunate to get really like two true tune-up games before um, they play Florida. And Florida's road is probably a little bit harder before they play LSU. Not that they should really lose any of them, but LSU starts out with Mississippi Florida's hardest games are in the first six weeks. For sure. And they've got a really tough stretch. I mean, Florida, LSU plays Mississippi State, then goes to Vanderbilt, then plays Missouri. I mean, no matter how much they lost, they really should go into that game three and zero. Missouri games at home, which is probably the toughest. Florida's is, I think, a little bit tougher. I mean, I think Florida beats Mississippi, um, should beat South Carolina, but it seems like South Carolina always, always plays them yep. very well. And then they go to Texas A and M, and like you said, I, I think Florida's better than A and M. I think it's two excellent game day coaches, and and Jimbo Fisher has a great, great history uh, against. Florida um, in finishing six and one against them at Florida state. I think that the coaching uh, by both Mullen and Fisher will be fantastic. Like I am so looking forward to that game just because I think it'll be very, very good from an X's no standpoint. Um, and it, uh, Jimbo has now been able to work with Mullen for two years. I think that game will be a ton of fun. I think Florida should win it, but I mean, I, it would not shock me at all if Texas A&M was able to, to pull that win. Um, in week three, and then Florida has to turn around and, and play LSU after, you know, what I think will be a hard fought game against AM, whether whether Florida wins or not. So I think that the schedule lines up to be a little more challenging um, for Florida starting out, but I think that, I mean, it ends up being a lot more challenging for LSU going out because they, you know, have Auburn and Alabama on the backside of theirs. But um, 
you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see kind of how that game that game falls kind of again at a weird time. It's a weird game for Florida again, coming off of the South Carolina and AM games. But uh man, I'm so glad that we're close to it. I'm so glad that yes. we're talking about actual real life I football. know. This I don't is- care you know, happens or shakes out. I mean, we got to a little bit of a preview with some games, actually just one game this weekend and, and we've got more coming up, but Man, I'm glad that it's close. Me too. Well, uh, let's get into a little bit more breaking news. So um, do you want to talk about Donald Trump or UCF? Which, uh, between Donald Trump and UCF, which which into, or like which person, I mean, it's weird because one's a team, one's a person, but like which, between Donald Trump and UCF, who stirs up uh, Twitter more? <laughs> oh, that is a great question. And I am 100% not sure that I know the answer to that. Um, let's start with Donald Trump. Um, he tweeted about 45 minutes ago, had a very productive conversation with Kevin Warren, commissioner of the Big Ten Conference, about immediately starting up the Big Ten, Big Ten football. Would be great. Uh, for everyone, players, fans, country, on the one-yard line. Now, if we are to think that Donald Trump knows what it means to use the the phrase on the one-yard line, that would tell us that he thinks that they're pretty close to a deal to start football back up. I don't think the Big Ten plays football until next fall. However, there have been some some changes since our last podcast um, within the, the Big Ten, I guess, saga, we'll call it. So the parents organization at multiple of these teams have hired attorneys and are um, essentially kind of trying to sue for their kids, not kind of are trying to sue to have their kids be able to play. But one of the things that they've demanded from the Big Ten was a list of how the schools voted. Um, So it was it was 11 to three, which is interesting because we all the rumors were that it was 12 to two. So we should definitely not trust the random insiders we're hearing from the Big Ten because they were not accurate. Um, that's with Nebraska, Iowa, and Ohio State presidents voting in favor of playing. But another thing that came out was that those that voted against weren't necessarily voting for a spring season. They were voting to postpone the season. The 11 to 3 vote was to postpone the start of the season. So in theory, some of these presidents could have been of the mindset like, let's postpone it a month or two months or whatever. Um, And I think that that's important because, I mean, most of our conferences postponed the start of the season. They were all supposed to start last weekend. Um, So I think that's interesting. I don't think a spring season, I think that's a logistical nightmare. I think that, I honestly think that's kicking the can down the road till you get to the spring and say, oh, never mind, we're just going to play in the fall. And I also think that you, if you are legitimate about playing a spring season, then you for sure don't get to use the argument that you're doing this for player safety anymore because the concept of playing 20 plus games over the course of eight months is not in any way beneficial for players' health um, and safety. But what if Donald Trump gets the Big Ten to play football again? Um, I don't know. It'll be some definite uh, hot takes. Oh my god! I like. I almost um, want it to happen just so that I can watch Twitter. I wonder what the. I wonder what the actual conversation looked like because you know no matter where you stand on your politics, Trump is 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 notoriously uh, somebody that um, 
we'll just say exaggerate some things. So like, oh, for sure. I wonder if the, I wonder if the on the one yard line. Uh, so here's the one means thing, right? Like, 99 can, yards to go. Yeah. Which one yard line are we talking about? Uh, that's hilarious. I didn't think about that, but I wonder if that's really just more of a pressure tactic because right. whether you like Trump or not, right. Agree with this politics or not, whatever. If you're in the big 10 right now, you can hate Trump all you want. Uh, which he's a very hateable person by a lot sure. of people. I, I get that. Uh, but you want him to push Kevin Warren to get right. – you know, I've seen so many politics. players tweet, this is the only good thing Donald Trump's ever right. done for us in his like, you know, three yes. and a half years. If, if, I mean, and so are they really close? I doubt it. I doubt they play. Is this a pressure tactic by for Donald sure. Trump to get Kevin Warren to do it? Absolutely. Well, because and if it here's works, the thing too. Great. This tweet goes out. How many people do you think are blowing up the commissioner's office right now? Say like trying, you know how you do if like, you know, the school board or the city commission has a vote coming up or something. And and so you email your representative because you want to make sure that like they know what their constituents think. Like, what do you think the odds that his phone is or email, whatever is off the chain right now because of this tweet? And and that may have been part of the whole point, oh, obviously. His- um, and he may not be checking this, but his Twitter mentions are on sure, fire right sure. now. His I mean, he's aware right of now. what this did. You, you know, uh, the Big Ten, they just, we talked about this off air, but they completely botched this. And here's, and they could come up with the identical conclusion, which is that they do not think that it's safe to play fall, football this fall. And I think if they'd handled the process different, they would be getting less pushback. They did everything um, very much behind closed doors. They did it very much independently of other conferences, whereas other conferences um, talked to each other, shared information with each other, kind of almost made a group decision, at least the three that are playing for the most part. Um, And I think the Big Ten was like, oh, no, we don't want anybody else's opinion. And also, we'll be the first to opt out. Everybody else follow our lead. And then the SEC, the Big 12, and and, uh, the ACC were like, uh... Have fun by yourself, bud. We're good. And they were very caught off guard by that. But one of the things that's come out in the last few days is that they're throwing around a late November start or mid-November start to the season, which I don't know about you, but I think that's actually worse than even attempting a spring or not playing at all. Because are you really telling me you're going to have football going on at the same time that the playoffs are going on and bowl games are going on, but your teams are not eligible? Right. Yeah. That's asinine to me. To me, that's just putting it more and more on display what morons you are. Right. And the weather, I I don't think it's a great idea to play in Michigan. Well, they said that they may um, utilize some indoor facilities because they won't have fans either way. Um. So I don't, I don't know that the weather is going to be as much a factor because of that, but you can't convince me that if you can start on November 15th, that you can't start on October 6th and then therefore play enough games to have team eligible for the playoffs and have teams eligible for bowl games. There is nothing that will change in that five week window if it's safe to play November 15th. Well, so, I think part of it is pride too, right? Like, can the Big Ten really come out right now and say, you know what, we were wrong, we made this entire is thing. Starting we're in go mid-November, any better? I think that looks so much worse. Right. No, I, I just don't think there's a good option for them. Plus, right now, like you'd have to start practice again 
And no, they were take- practicing. They were allowed to practice. The whole thing that it makes this even more ridiculous is that players were still allowed to practice 20 hours a week. They were allowed to work out within the facility. They were allowed to have their team meals at the athletic dining halls. The only thing that they are not allowed to do is play football, like games, actual games. They are allowed to practice and have been practicing. So the Big Ten needs to reverse Revert, can't talk. Reverse, reverse and immediately start practicing. I mean, I'm sorry, playing. Schedule the games. Yeah, play. and I don't know what kind of practices are going on because it could be like the spring where, you know, they're doing some workouts. Every once in a while, they're doing shell training. Like, it doesn't mean that they are working out to the extent that you do when you are about to be in the beginning of a 10 game season. But by the rules that their own conference put in place, they're allowed to be, which I think is is one of the most ridiculous parts of this, to be honest, because I don't understand how, you know, practicing keeps you safe from the virus, but playing a game is where you're at risk. Um, but I'm interested to see what happens. I think it's hilarious that the president is involved. I don't know why this, you know, tickles me so much, but it does. Uh I don't know that Donald Trump knows what it means to say you're on the one yard line. So who knows if we're really close or really, really far away. But I think he knows. I think he knows. I mean, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, too. But I would be really funny if the deal falls through and, you know, he oh, makes I don't it- expect it to happen. But I mean, no, you know, either. I don't expect most deals that politicians come up with to no. happen. So, I mean, I'm. No. But it's, it's a fun thing to watch and we have more college football stuff to pay attention to on social media and in real life. And that feels good after almost six months. Yeah. Speaking of, there was a game uh, on Saturday night. Um, the, the lightning game ended up um, being kind of noontime. The Lakers game was never in question. So I didn't watch that. Uh, the rays were before as well. So I did watch, the game between Central Arkansas and Austin P. It was really good down at the. I mean, Austin P. Took the lead. And was Central that Arkansas not so awesome to-, to see the kickoff we return for a touchdown or first play of the game touchdown? It was. Fantastic. It wasn't the kickoff return. Better, it was the first play, right? What better way to start it? Yeah, it was kind of like a little option play to the left, and dude put on the burners, and it was like, whoa, this was great. College football's back. And then to have a team, you know, win it with 30 seconds left. I mean, two scores in the last couple of minutes. um, Went back and forth, lead changes, and Central Arkansas came away with the win. Central Arkansas also – go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. They play on Thursday. I made Eric um, bet on Austin P. and he said to me yesterday, he was like, good thing we didn't have more money in our Bravado account because you would have made me put more on that game. (laughs) We would have lost. Like, they play uh, again on Thursday against uh, somewhat of an intriguing game. Okay. So like follow, follow me with this. They play on Thursday night against UAB. Um, and then one week from that game, UAB, uh, our UAB plays against Miami. So um, a little preview there for the team that Miami will see. Uh, Miami's a big, big favorite in that game, but they were a big favorite against FIU too. So hopefully um, UAB can get a little a little uh, 
experience from the Central Arkansas game and then go out and win the next week too. So that would be a great You start will find this amusing. There's a tweet um, that just went out. Uh, Miami's September 10th home opener against UAB uh, has been put on the ACC network, which is still not available in South Florida. Yeah. So <laughs> they won't be able to watch their own game, uh, but I guess they don't go to the stadium to watch their own game either. So maybe nobody cares. Uh, but I thought that was funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, we've got we've got college football back this week. We've got uh, what five or six games, six games, including the game on Thursday night. Is that right? Yeah, there's a couple on Thursday: Central Arkansas, UAB, and then Southern Alabama. Oh, okay. Southern Mississippi. I'm sorry, we're South Alabama, and then there's one, two, three, four, five, six games on Saturday, and then one on Monday. So. Still doing, and there's um, college game day. I know you don't care, but I care. They're going to the BYU Army game, which is Monday, but I but game day will air on Saturday. They're going to be live there. That's what they said. So I don't think they're allowing fans. I don't. I so my assumption is it'll probably be inside a, the stadium, and you won't be able to get in the stadium. Um, they haven't exactly said what the logistics of it are, but they are actually going there. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, so, so I, mean, I think, think about they like, have to do it where people can't gather because that's in Maryland too. So like you couldn't, right? Uh, you need to. I, I wouldn't think that they would be allowed to gather, but yeah, that'd be fine to do it inside the stadium. I mean, it doesn't really matter. The fans do that sometimes anyway, depending on like think about at the very least think about post game from like the SEC championship game or whatever. They usually put that desk right inside. Um, so since the game's not till Monday and they're right. doing this on Saturday, I'm sure it'll just be literally on the field. Yeah, and I I mean I don't really care much about college game day anyway, but I certainly don't care about the fans in the background during college no, game day. No, I don't that, care about although I will say sometimes the signs are hysterical. They are funny. People should just tweet their signs. Yeah, people just retweet need to tweet them, their I'll signs. See them. Tweet them just to me. I don't even care if you tweet them the game day, but I want to see them. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, just make a sign in your apartment, send a picture to Twitter, and you'll be set. Um, so there are some games. Let's do this. We're going to start an against the – I've had some people ask me to put one of these together for just a bunch of people to do like a buy-in and stuff. Maybe I'll do that in future weeks, but I, I don't have the time and, and didn't think about it beforehand. So we're not getting it for this week. But we have one, two, three, four, four games that I've got live spreads for. We'll see if we can find more or not. Um, but let's go against the spread. Um, something I'm just here to beat you in um, is the only reason we're doing this. So it seemed like a good idea. Uh, South Alabama plus 15 and a half against Southern Mississippi. I'm taking Southern Miss. Okay. Who are you taking? You have to say who you're taking too. Yeah, I, we'll go back and forth. That way it's not like one of us. But so, so you're taking Southern Miss. Um, um, I'll take – for that one, I'll go the other way. I'll go South Alabama um, with the points, right? Like this is – this yes. is uh-huh. the spread. Um, I will take Army minus three. Um, well, that's good because I'm Middle taking Tennessee Middle Tennessee State. State. I mean, can we just assume that – um, you will just take the opposite every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will go. Uh, I'll go SMU minus 22 and a half. Oh, yeah, sorry, I'm taking that too. That's okay, but I'm taking that too. Cool. And 
the game on Monday night that we talked about, BYU and Navy, BYU is a two-point favorite. Yeah, I think I think BYU covers, so I'm taking BYU. I'll take Navy, uh, BYU, Ali, and Navy, TJ, at minus two. I don't want it to get – if the line changes, we're still going with what we picked it at today. Yeah, yeah. And then – let me see if there's any more. So we want to do five a week. Uh, here's Memphis, Memphis, yeah, right. Memphis, Arkansas. I'll, I'll take Memphis minus nineteen. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Memphis as well. Okay, Memphis minus nineteen. Oh, if I can get it set up by this by the end of this week, then I'll I'll have it where more people can do it. But if not, then I'll just beat you, and that'll be enough. So, um, so, so the only games that matter are Southern Miss, Southern Alabama. SMU and Army. We we went with the yeah. same. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Army and then the Navy game. Yeah. We went with the same thing for um, SMU and Memphis. Um, so that would be fun. Um, some more, again, I don't know if this is breaking news or not, but some schedule times came yeah. out. Um, I don't know that <laughs> schedule times are something that's really fun for fans to talk about and almost never has any real impact on anything other than, you know, us making plans. Um, but, uh, UF's opener, uh, at noon on, uh, what, what weekend is that? The 25th? Is that right? 26, yep. somewhere in there. 26. Um, what, uh, what are your thoughts on UF playing their opener at noon? Um, so I don't mind noon games as a fan. If I'm watching them on my couch, not a big fan of noon games. If I'm in the stadium, however, I will say, I don't think Florida plays very well at noon. I don't know what it is just historically. I don't feel like they play well. I don't know if they're just not awake. I don't know if it's that it's 9 million degrees in the swamp. Um, at noon from, from noon to three 30 is about the hottest window of time you're going to get in that stadium, but I don't particularly like it for the, team. I don't know. I just don't think they play that well, but it appears basically that the SEC is replacing the big 10 for the noon ESPN window, um, which makes sense. And they're condensing the season a little bit, right? Because we are kind of all over the place. So they're going to have to put teams there. Um, But uh, as for viewing purposes, I like it. That's about my only reason for liking it. Yeah. We talked about this off air. Uh, Florida state plays Miami that weekend, that same weekend. Um, I, believe that that game will be 3.30 or later. Both teams should be undefeated going to that game. It'd be a massive uh, – Florida State's an 11.5-point favorite against Georgia Tech. Miami's going to be a big favorite against Louisville and UAB. Uh, it'd be a pretty big problem if either team went into that game not undefeated. Um, so neither team's really had a chance to blow it just yet, uh, and I think that game will be a 3.30 or later. There are just less games this year, and the way that – the way that the SEC is starting their schedule, there there are really not a lot of compelling games. Week one, try to give the good teams tune-ups. I think the most compelling game is uh, Tennessee and South Carolina, and still, who the hell cares? Um, but because of that, I really think that that Florida State, Miami, because of the history of the programs, not necessarily their recent success, which has been very little, I still think that'll be a a three thirty game. I mean, Florida. I do and Georgia like the concept of having more games that I'm interested in watching all day long, as opposed to it being the seven o'clock hour. And I'm trying to switch between four games that right. I want to see. Yeah. So because there are less games, I think that that Florida state Miami game will not be a noon game. So 
I'm happy that Florida got the noon game so that we can watch both of them because I know that if I came over your house, I'd have to bring another TV to be able to watch both. We have one on the back porch now too. So we, we're, we're good on that. Eric keeps trying to convince me to put a second one over our, our big one in our TV stand. (laughs) There's a shelf above that TV and he keeps trying to convince me that a 40 inch TV will fit there. (laughs) We should put a second one stacked up and down. I have yet to agree to this, but I don't know. Maybe if it could be temporary for only only football season, I might consider it. That's hilarious. Um, oh, so, so, I, so I like the noon game too. I, I I also just talk. We'll go more into that game, but I'll I'll say what I have to say now. I I'm really intrigued by that game. Um, I don't think the SEC slate is is very good. Their first week again. I think the best one is that South Carolina. I think the only game that'll be a, a single digit spread is is that South Carolina um, Tennessee game. Tennessee game. Kentucky Auburn is is sitting at ten and a half. Florida on the road at Ole Miss is eleven. Um, LSU is a twenty point favorite, nineteen. Georgia is twenty two. Alabama's twenty and one and a half. A and M's four touchdowns. So against Vanderbilt, so um, you know they did make that Tennessee South Carolina game the seven thirty game, which I think is smart. I mean, you you make your your biggest best game your. Um, your nightcap on week one because everybody else is in the meat of their schedule. Um, so uh, anyway, I I like the Ole Miss game. I think it is somewhat intriguing. You know, I don't think I would give Florida a 90-plus percent chance of winning that game. Um, I think that's probably about what the implied probability of an 11-point spread is anyway. Um, so, you know, nine out of ten times Florida is going to win that game. I think that, like you said, Florida does start out slow sometimes. I think that it'll be very interesting to see Plumlee and Kiffin. I think that Ella, I'm sorry. I think that Ole Miss potentially keeps that close for a quarter, maybe two. Florida pulls away late, wins by 17 ish. Um, but I'm I'm intrigued by that. I think that'll be a fun game. Um, weird off. It'll be fun knows? because. Lane Kiffin and Dan Mullen both have fun personalities to begin with. So I think there's a decent chance we get some, you know, semi-irreverent quotes the week leading up to it, which is always fun for everybody. Um, I think that basically Florida's only real experience with Lane Kiffin comes from the amount of uh, stuff he talked about Urban Meyer, like the one time they played when he was at Tennessee for one year and Dan Mullen was the offensive coordinator at the time. So, I mean, I don't know if he takes any of that personally, probably not, but that's, that's Florida fans limited experience with Lane Kiffin. Um, I, I think the sec is more fun and more intriguing with him in it just because of the type of character that he is. Um, this game is no different from that. I think also, you know, you got to kick the rest off your first game, your first couple games generally. So it will probably be closer than it would be if this game was played in week six or seven, but I honestly don't even care what the product on the field looks like because I'm just so excited for them to be on the field. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a they, lie. They better win every game, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so that one's at noon. The next one's at noon too. So the South Carolina yeah, game. You know, Florida is, and South Carolina have played at noon every year since 2014. So why do you think that is? Because it's not that intriguing of a matchup for the rest of the country. But it always ends up being a really good game. Yeah, it always does. But I think when you are looking at the slate, people are like, eh, not that many people care about this. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that Florida has a great fan base. I, I not that South Carolina doesn't have a great fan base, but like who really cares about South Carolina outside I think of South it's Carolina? Interesting fan, you know, like South Carolina and Florida fans because of the cross ties, because of the fact that Spurrier went to South Carolina. Um at, and obviously he is he is a Gator great that Will Muschamp is there now and he coached at Florida. I, I just I think that it's intriguing to both fan bases. I think South Carolina has a little bit of an inferiority complex, kind of like, you know, we got Florida's leftovers or something. Um and they you know, I South Carolina fans get real butthurt when Steve Spurrier puts a Gator shirt back on, even though the last place he coached was South Carolina. When Will Muschamp gives compliments to Florida players and stuff, it usually run, rubs South Carolina fans the wrong way. Florida fans, truly, at least from my perspective, I've rooted for South Carolina since Spurrier went there. I wanted Spurrier to do really, really well there. I want Will Muschamp to do well there. I like Will Muschamp. Um, so I think that, you know, Florida fans kind of have an affinity for South Carolina too. So for both fan bases, it's interesting, probably to nobody else, but it is to us. They've also had some classic games, you know, going going back for years and years and years. And even, you know, you, you talked about um, Florida starting slow. I mean, they always seem to play South Carolina really, really close. Uh, It was a close game last year going into the fourth quarter um, in a rainy, nasty, uh, crappy game. Uh, Mm -hmm. I went to, I went in 2015, I want to say. I went to, no, 2016. I went to the South Carolina, Florida State played Boston College on a Friday night. I went up to that and was driving home on Saturday. A couple of buddies were out tailgating for the Florida game and just said, hey, come by the tailgate and get some shrimp and grits. It was a noon kickoff. And then somebody, my buddy Jay, had an extra ticket and just said, hey, come in and come in and watch with me. Um, ticket on like the 10-yard line, I think like, I don't know, five rows up. So they were great seats. And so I went, it was a close game. I feel like that game is always closer than it should be. It probably will be this year too. (laughs) Five, South Carolina, Florida. If Florida was going to the SEC championship game, the only thing they had to do was beat South Carolina, who didn't even have a good record that year. And it was in South Carolina and Florida got upset and they didn't go to the SEC title because of that game. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a rivalry, but I definitely think it's an intriguing matchup for both schools. Yeah, for sure. And so I think it'll be good. I think that one will be fun. Um, again, kind of similar to how I see the Ole Miss game playing out, maybe not as close, but you know, Florida will probably play them close ish for a half or so. And then I think kind of because of talent and coaching pulls away, but you know, South Carolina will be good defensively. You know, Muschamp knows what Mullen does. I mean, it'll be entertaining. Um, again, you can't get caught sleeping in a noon game. And that's kind of the – it's probably why South Carolina plays Florida well is because Florida sleepwalks through the first half of, of some games that start at noon. So um, intriguing there. Then you move to uh, a 3.30 game against LSU. Got announced. Not too shocked there. Again, there, there aren't – just absolutely dynamic um, SEC games every single week so, because of how they're kind of staggered. Well, so three thirty is so CBS gets first pick of of SEC games. I don't know if you at home know exactly how this works, but SEC gets or CBS, excuse me, gets first pick every week of the the games. They I don't know if the TV rules are going to be different for this season because of how crazy everything is. But in general, CBS has the option of putting two games at eight o'clock at night 
during the course of the season. They usually always do Alabama LSU. And then they do one other one. There are a few games who 3.30 is just what it is always. Florida Georgia is one of those. It will always be 3.30 on CBS. Even if it's the number one versus number two, they won't move that game to 8 o'clock at night because it is at 3.30 in the afternoon. Same for Alabama-Tennessee. Um, that game is always, always, always 3.30 on CBS. But... Um, so, uh, you know, I know you're saying not, not that intriguing to match up, but by CBS picking it, they're saying we no, think no, no. this is the best game of the day. No, no, no. I agree. I'm saying there aren't that many other other games. Okay. Well, so if but you're that same week is Georgia, Florida, and they put that at eight. So that what they did pick that. I'm sorry, Georgia, Alabama, and they put that one at eight. But the rest of the games that that day are. Vanderbilt, Missouri, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee, Texas, I mean, Georgia-Alabama is a, a perfect example of a, of a type of game that CBS picks for 8 o'clock right. at night, right? Those two teams, it's, one, it's they don't the always play each other. Two, they're the right. best it's, in each conference at this moment, or each division, I mean, at this moment. It's the, I mean, Georgia-Alabama is the best scheduled game in college football this year. Like Prior the, to I mean, our season kicking off, yes. Absolutely. It's three versus four. You're not going to get that anywhere else, um, you know. They have it listed as three versus four, but you know that's it's really two versus three because there's right. no Ohio State there. So right. yeah, prior to the season kicking off, I mean it makes sense that'd be an eight. But what a what a what a weekend that is with LSU oh Florida. It's gonna be, are you moving in that weekend? It's going to be magnificent. <laughs> LSU Florida um, and Georgia Alabama going back to back. Let's look real quick at the. Uh, so the they haven't of, picked their second 8 p.m. game, correct? Generally, they hold both, usually, because you can put a two-week hold on a game. So that's generally what happens. Um, this is new that CBS is announcing this many 3.30. They all, there's always a couple that we know because they're what they are every single season. But usually, it's not until a couple weeks out where each um, – and so they can put a 10-day hold on a game if they want to. So this is being done differently than it ever has. So another, um, yeah, they, I haven't seen the next one or the second one come through. So they will, I will probably say that wait on another on really, really fun one is that same day. Again, I'm kind of hoping we get a noon one here just so that it lines up well. Um, don't typically ask for noon games for my teams, but uh, Florida State plays North Carolina that weekend. Um, so you've got the... Sam Howell stuff that went on with, with him decommitting and then committing North Carolina. You've got North Carolina beat us the last time in 2016 and the kicker did the chop uh, going down the field. So I think that that's a really intriguing matchup. I didn't see really too much more outside of those three games that are really intriguing, but I mean, you're still flipping around to all the games and, and yeah. checking everything out, but I'd love to have Florida state, North Carolina at noon, Florida, LSU at three thirty, And then again, probably the biggest game, the biggest regular season game that's been scheduled so far in Alabama, Georgia, uh, at night. So that that's a fun week. Uh, and then the only other game that that Florida's schedule has been announced. I mean, we'll get into more as they kind of come out. Is the the three thirty uh, Florida Georgia game? It says uh, I, I believe it was two thousand two was the last time that that was a, a night game. I thought that this might be a good year to make that a night game. You're going to have I understand why they don't, uh, but you're going to have less crowds. You're going to have a lower capacity. I thought that this would maybe be a good year to uh, put that as a night game because, again, I didn't even remember if, that it was a night game in two thousand two. If that is, I mean, it it is not. It if if Alabama, Georgia is your number one game of the year. 
in college football. Really, I have to. I can't think of another one. Maybe to, you know, it's your number two game is either Clemson Notre Dame. Wait, wait, do they play regular season? They don't play regular season. I take that back. It's either Oklahoma Texas or Florida Georgia, it's and it's Florida, probably Florida Georgia. Not, yeah. So, uh, so uh, you know, the only reason that Oklahoma Texas would, in my mind, potentially sneak in there is because the winner of that game is probably going to the playoff. Right. So that that's kind of my speaking of, of Oklahoma. They just announced that their season opener is going to be on pay-per-view. Now they're opening against Missouri State, but I still can't imagine that there's not a TV time slot for them somewhere. It's going to be on pay-per-view for $54.99 a month. I mean, I guess Oklahoma fans miss football enough to pay 50 bucks to watch their team, but that seems like a really a missed opportunity there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why you would do that. I mean, maybe they got a really good deal for it, but yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. And I'd be pissed if I was an Oklahoma fan. I mean, I would just find some illegal stream of it, but still kind of annoying to not be able to watch it on right. Uh, you know, a real network or whatever. Uh, I would if if Florida State still played uh, Samford and they put that game on pay-per-view, I would not pay for it. I would listen. I would listen to Decker Hoff call it, but I'm I I would not pay for that. If I'm Oklahoma and and know that I, I, I mean, I'm not go somewhere to watch it. Fan. Yeah, there's no way I'm paying for that uh, as a fan. Not not one chance. I mean, if we had like buddies over and everybody yeah. shipped in like five bucks, I mean that's one thing. But again, I, I just based on principle, I, I don't know that I can yeah. could do that. So. Uh, Florida State had some game times announced as well. Uh, week one, Georgia Tech is going to be a 3.30 game. I really thought that that would be a um, – maybe I'm just an idiot and and put a little too much faith into um, how much I thought people would want to watch this, but I really thought that that would be an 8 o'clock game. Um, the, the game that they did make 8 o'clock was Western Kentucky and Louisville. Um, I don't know. They also made Clemson and Wake Forest a 7:30 game on ABC. So obviously they just picked Clemson. They picked the better team as opposed to the more intriguing matchup, right? So the SEC did the opposite. The SEC picked their most intriguing game to be featured on the SEC network, right? Uh, Tennessee and South Carolina. And the ACC just picked their best team. I think the Georgia Tech-Florida State is the most intriguing ACC game of the weekend. Um, the rest of them are Syracuse-North Carolina, boring. Duke-Notre Dame, boring. Pittsburgh-Austin Pay, boring. Clemson-Wake Forest, boring. Louisville-Western Kentucky, boring. UAB-Miami, that's a Thursday night. So I think the Georgia Tech is is really the only one where the underdog has a, has a legitimate chance of winning it. Uh, but 3.30 kind of is what it is. That works fine, I guess. Um you know, three thirty is the so. premier time for a game. For in my opinion, I don't know. It just I mean, depends. I, I guess it depends S- on from an SEC mindset. I think it is, but I think you you know your eight o'clock, you know, is is kind of how people outside of the SEC has always yeah. have always viewed prime time. Yeah, three uh, thirty. I mean, I don't now. mind I an eight o'clock game if my kids can be asleep, so I can actually have both eyes on the TV instead of one. That's not always a bad thing. But there is, I do run the possibility that we decide to watch the second half in our bedroom upstairs, and then I'm not awake. Which yeah. Noon noon would have been disrespectful. I guess 3.30 is fine. It, it's not that big of a deal. Um, we also have sucked forever. So if that's how they kind of do it, that's how they do it. We play Notre Dame at 7.30 um, on NBC. That's a road night game. 
not really a lot of shock there. I mean, we, uh, you can be as terrible. Florida State could have gone zero and twelve last year. Um, when you have uh, the program with the status that Notre Dame has, and the program with the status that Florida State has, that game is always going to be a night game, yeah. or at the very least a three thirty game. But because NBC can do whatever they want, um, they're going to premiere. They're going to put Notre Dame at night when they play those big time opponents sure. and so not a lot of shock there at all i don't think that hurts or helps florida state well I because think there's florida not fans state, i think that makes a difference when there are fans in the stands but i don't think it makes a difference when there's not so i think that game i mean i, I your stadium's been drinking night. since 7 a.m it is more helpful for the home team but if you're going to be so playing I, the bleachers is florida state selling cutouts of fans i haven't heard if florida is or not but if they are i want to no, we're having no, it's like twenty five percent. You can be, you can go in. So yeah, I but can you fill the rest of it? No, it's, I mean, that's like a Miami thing to do. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> Texas is doing it. Uh, that's weird to me. I think the cutout thing is weird. Virginia Tech's doing it too. Virginia Tech's charging seventy five bucks, and Texas is only charging fifty. I would pay. Let's let's do cutouts of ourselves and put them in Texas. Like, okay. like who are these two people? But yeah, why would I pay seventy five for Virginia Tech when I get fifty for a premier? Right? I know it's weird. Team like that's so stupid. Um. So anyway, so a few game times announced there. Um, we talked about the Big Ten. I think the only thing left is well. Do you have anything else? The only thing I have left no. is kind of our local. I mean, uh, local well, teams. I do think it's interesting. UCF had ten players opt out. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about that, but um, yeah, we can. We got a couple minutes. Uh, um, I mean, nothing. I mean, they have two of them are defensive starters, so that'll be interesting. One of them is their backup quarterback, who, if I had to guess, that's so that he could transfer to another program. Um, but. I don't know. I thought that was interesting because that is by far the most number of any single program that I personally have heard about. Yeah, definitely don't understand. Like I said, unless they're just looking to transfer, yeah, don't understand why they would have that many opt-outs, right? Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. Well, it's just so different than every other team. Uh, the Big Ten just responded to Donald Trump's tweet, by the way. Uh, on Twitter, or? Uh, they released a statement. Big Ten okay, conference say, statement uh, regarding uh, conversation. I want to see the tweet storm. Right? I want them to go no. back and forth on Twitter because that that would be that would be fun. hilarious. I'd be here for that. But um, a White House representative reached out to the Big Ten conference commissioner Kevin Warren on Monday, August thirty first, two thousand twenty, to facilitate a phone call between President Donald J. Trump and Commissioner Warren. On Tuesday, September first, twenty twenty, Commissioner Warren and the president had a productive conversation. The Big Ten conference and its return to competition task force, on behalf of the Big Ten Council of presidents and chancellors are exhausting every resource possible to help student athletes get back to playing the sport they love at the appropriate time in the safest and healthiest way possible. That is a big nothing burger, but well, I was going to say, I was waiting for the, not punchline because it wasn't a joke. Well, it was a joke. Yeah. I was waiting for the punchline from that joke and it ended up just being a terrible joke, but, um, so the call yeah. happened. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so it sounds like, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like they're, that they're doing anything different than that they were doing prior to the conversation because I feel like that's the same exact statement they've been giving on everything. Um, but you know, so here's the the thing that I it it just it gets people talking, which I'm sure, as you pointed out, that's the whole point. But anyway, back to UCF. A lot of players to opting out. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Probably opting out, like you said, to. 
uh, to Trades maybe transfer, to maybe go somewhere else. I mean, I don't think you know DJ Mack is you know about to go to the NFL. So no, but um, I think DJ Mack is a great player, and I think that he is probably by the end of the season going to actually be sitting at third string. So I, I can see why you'd want to make a move. Yeah, why why stick around? So um, obvious culture problems there in Orlando. Um, the <laughs> no, but Mackenzie Milton will probably <laughs> be back at some point in the season, which is why DJ Mack will probably go to third string. So, and he's good enough to play start somewhere else. So I'm not saying it's going to be a power five necessarily, but I mean, maybe it is. He He's good enough to be elsewhere. So I would not blame the kid for looking for another opportunity because it he's going to be on the bench more than likely. Not because he's not good, but because Mackenzie Milton is Mackenzie Milton. Much better. Yeah, for sure. And he doesn't lose the year of eligibility, right? Like right. You sit this out is the time. And, yep. So, um, Local stuff really quickly. The Rays are maybe the best team in the, in baseball. I don't know if you've been catching them or if you've been catching the high. I mean, I don't know if highlights mainly highlights, but or just box scores. It just happens to be um, on the SBA. Yeah, they uh, they just continue to win. My buddy was texting me last night. And he was like, "Man, this baseball season is so incredibly fun right now." And I said, "Buddy, sports are fun when your team can't lose. Like when your team just wins every game, right?" Yeah, it's a ton of fun. The Rays are 25 and 11. They have a four and a half game uh, streak against the Yankees. I believe they're eight and one against the second place Yankees. They have a 69.4 winning percentage. Uh, In a regular season that had 162 games, they would be on pace for 112 wins, which is insane. Not saying they would win 112 games. Obviously, you can go on hot streaks. But this is kind of an, a, a benefit of the shortened season. Uh, they've played 36 games, so 24 to go. It'll go quickly. It'll be over in four weeks. Um, but I'll take it. I'll take the the hot start that they're on. Um, and then the, across the bay, the light on, on our side of the bridge. The you did double lightning, overtime last night. I did not feel good about it. Uh, they the lightning looked good all game. They, they were getting outshot, but I thought they had just as good of chances, if not better than Boston the whole time. Boston really should have won the game in the first overtime. They were all over us, but let us get to the second overtime and found a way to, to eliminate them. It's always a good thing when you can eliminate any Boston team, uh, and, and in their season. So, uh, big fan of that lightning are four games away from the Stanley cups or Stanley cup final. So, um, I think they'll be favored against whoever they play, either the Islanders or Flyers, but then I know nothing about the West. So that's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. Well, but I'm here for it. All of our Tampa sports showing up and we have Tom Brady as our quarterback for the Bucks, which is still every time I say that out loud, I don't actually believe that I'm saying it. Um, so at least for a professional standpoint, our teams are looking good. Yeah, I I think so. I'm still very much in wait and see mode on the Bucks, and we can talk about them a little bit more as we get closer to the season. Um, I'm in wait and see mode just because there was no off season, and we obviously are implementing an entire new. Right. Uh, though he's the greatest. Yeah, but if, I was going to say if you're going to no have somebody do it, you'd want it to be Tom Brady. Rather be him, or maybe somebody that had played with Arians before. Like that might be kind of a but no yeah. nobody over Brady, but. Um, yeah, it, kind of weird offseason. I just think it may take us a couple of games to get clicking. And in the NFL, you can't start 
too poorly because the the season just you know you you get behind and it's right. tough. But the schedule lines up pretty easily. I, I think the only game on the schedule that's a sure loss for the Bucks is is the Kansas City game. Um, and you know who knows that, that that could be a win, but I'd be pretty shocked if our defense could stop Mahomes. But anybody else, I think we can beat. And so, you know, the the problem with that is that every game on the schedule could also be a lot. Like, there's no sh- like, oh man, that's absolutely a win. So well, I mean, we'll see. Gonna, there's just so much to chance at the moment. We have to see how it all plays out. But uh, I mean, look, being able to look at the schedule and know that there's not many that you guarantee are a loss is something that Bucks fans haven't been able to do in a very long time. So, for sure, you even look at last year and. I think the schedule was easier than uh, ended up being easier than we thought it would be, but we just were very mediocre and going seven and nine. Um, but last year, I mean, you look at the schedule and you knew that three or four games were absolute losses. You know, a yeah. quarter of your schedule was was right. you were losing right. those games no matter what. And this year, I mean, maybe it's one or two. I think the New Orleans playing in New Orleans week one is going to be pretty difficult. That's going to be hard. Yeah, but. You know, then you're looking at two games where it's definitely a loss, right? And and they could win either one of those. They've got the greatest quarterback ever. I don't expect them to, but they could. So we'll see. I'm 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 waiting to see more on the Bucks for sure. They're also the worst run organization in oh totally uh, Tampa. So that that's that's one thing. Like I hate to be cliche, but you can put lipstick on a pig and you can bring in all these weapons and stuff. But if your leadership at the top still sucks. Yeah. It's tough to win games. So that that's kind of the other part of it that the Rays are run very well. The Lightning are run very well and, and they win. The Bucks yeah. are not run very well. So we'll see. Um, other than that, I don't really have anything. Um, uh, no, we'll, before we go, I do want to give kudos to Notre Dame, which I never do, but they have announced that they are going to be giving students first priority for all their tickets before they give them to anybody else, to uh, students and families of players. Um, I think that's great. Notre Dame can take the hit for one year for season ticket holders to put the kids that pay their tuition in the stands. I think it's, that's the most fun atmosphere for players anyway. Um, I, I know that most schools haven't announced how they're determining who fills up their percentage, but I hope a lot of other schools follow suit. Um, I could see the argument for why you want boosters that are going to be in boxes because those kind of self-isolate uh, on their own. But I think it's pretty cool if it were to just be student sections across the country. I think it'd be... Interesting, a lot of fun. I wonder what I mean, you're right. Notre Dame can take the hit for one year. And not everybody can. And um, that, I mean, and that's a fact, but what is the so they can take the hit for one year, right? Right. Do the do some of the boosters that then have to take that hit though become so bitter about it? Told- like a lasting thing? Um, I don't know that I think many become bitter about it. I, I think that, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I know like for, for us, for Florida, we've been given the opportunity to either a sit tight and wait and see how it plays out to see if we are able to get into the stadium at all this year or whatever. B donate our money to the university, which by the way, that's not happening. Um, the amount that we paid for our season tickets, C roll it over into next year's season ticket payment or D they've created this like Florida football marketplace essentially where you can spend the amount of money that your season tickets cost on things like game worn jerseys or a Jersey produced with your last name on it, but produced by the, um, you know, the equipment department at 
for the football team, or you can go deep sea fishing with Mike White. You can go golf with Spurrier. You can sit next to Spurrier Let's for a game with, day. You Let's can go deep sea fishing with Mike White. I'm a huge <laughs> fan. I would think that would be fantastic. I think that's such a random, random thing. I'm trying to think of what the one uh, with Dan Mullen was. I don't know why I can't remember, but maybe it's golfing with Mullen. I don't know. Whatever it is, like. Um, Sitting next to Spurrier at a football game is the most intriguing to me because I bet that would be hysterical. But anyway, you can cash in your value towards all of these things um, if you don't want to as well. There's lots of signed merchandise and things like that, opportunities to do stuff on the field, what you know, whatever. We've chosen just to sit tight and see how this plays out. Um, but I think anyway, back to my original comment, which is any university that can, I think it would be really cool to let it be students and parents first. Yeah. I mean, I think that the student, the parents, the parents should be a no brainer. Yeah. The parents even more so than the students. The problem is a thousand percent, but you're talking about a couple hundred people. Right. Yeah. So that's easy. I think you should do that. The Each students, player gets four tickets. At least that's how it works at UF. I assume that's how it works everywhere. You can trade with your uh, teammates and stuff. If you have a lot of family that wants to come to one game and they have a lot of family coming to the other, you can kind of, you know, finagle within each other or whatever. But for the most part, every player gets four tickets. So we're talking about, and teams will not be dressing the same number of guys that they normally do. So if you're not dressing for the most part, you get two tickets. So we're talking about maybe 400 people, you know, total. Which yeah, makes up such a small amount of of 20,000. Right. So, um, Students, though, the one thing I will say about students, you cannot come in in the second quarter if you're one of those 20 percenters, though, or or leave early like they should leave early when they this year, they should they should scan students when they come in and when they leave. Like you go to the, you you know, I went to I want to say four or five games, including the championship game in 2013. And we had the best team in the like so against Miami, nobody left earlier, right? Because it was Miami. I get it. Against NC State, we were up thirty-five to nothing in the first quarter, and people were gone those last three quarters, and it just sucked. I mean, just down in the student section, like it was fine. The rest of the the I mean, everybody else that travels four hours to get there, like stays, you know, because right. they got nothing else to do. What am I going to just drive back to Tampa after a fifteen-minute quarter? But. um yeah, like I think they should scan them coming in and going out. Like you should, and if you don't scan going out, then you don't get to come back to another game. That would be kind of how I would. They should have like the little things like Disney has. You have to scan on your way in, scan your way out, so we know you stayed for at least three and a half quarters. If you want to leave with five minutes left because we're up getting killed, what? That's fine. I don't care. But you have to stay for at least three quarters. You know, you you can't be leaving at halftime or whatever. Um, and then getting back in, just getting back in and taking somebody else's spot because let somebody be there that. Now this year, I, mean, well, I guess I will say that it's twenty uh, percent. I mean, it's going to look like people are leaving anyway. So I guess it maybe it's not as big of a deal this year. But regular years, it should yeah. happen. So that's my pet peeve of the week. Um, all right, cool. Well, that's all I've got for this week. Um, unless Allie has any more love yeah. for Notre Dame or any other blue bugs. Or- <laughs> nope, that's that's all I got this week. All the love I've got. All right, cool. Well, I will talk to you next week. Thanks for hanging out. Sounds good. Well, it all seems so happy. But how can that be? When there's a whole class of people just as low.
awesome as me You ask me to tell you Her a 
it'll help to know someone Felt the same damn way Alone and forsaken 